Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. Well, this is the first of our listener support slash listener appreciation specials of the spring of 2024. And we're going to be focusing on Patreon support, but also something that we haven't done before. So we'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. But for the specials, we really want to more just thank listeners and provide a little something extra. Now, as I have mentioned, we are doing archive feeds for the podcast. And right now, we're releasing episodes in our Volume 2 feed. And reposting programs as I recorded them from Season 4, 5, and 6 over at Volume2.GreatDetectives.net. And I've been listening to a little bit of each episode, mainly just for the purpose of figuring out the best location to place mid-roll ads so we're not interrupting the drama. Now, sometimes I may have said something that was silly or off, but I leave it because it's essentially the record of what I was saying back during those seasons of the podcast. However, there have been a few episodes that have been uploaded, and I don't know what's happened. I know I recorded commentary, but there's not actually commentary on the episode, and either it wasn't corrected or it wasn't corrected in whatever got backed up, and somehow that commentary has been lost. We had that a few years back with the Philip Marlowe episode, The Old Acquaintance. And it's one of those things, it's kind of hard to fix because it's not like I can just be recording extra commentary for episodes that we released back in 2013 or something like that. But then it occurred to me that we could go ahead, play the episodes as specials, and then overwrite the episodes that somehow didn't get the commentary attached to them. So we'll probably do those for listener support extras, because it also gets our current listeners a chance to hear one of the shows that's in the archives. And hopefully we don't find too many of those going through. I've only found three. But occasionally we'll use those, these listener specials, to present some older programs and also to correct the record. Today we're bringing you two episodes of Police Headquarters. Uh, Two episodes because... They each episode is only 13 or 14 minutes, something like that. Not a whole lot is known about Police Headquarters. It's believed to have aired in 1932, which, along with the airmail mystery, would make it the oldest series that we've played on this podcast. The series also originated in New York, at least I believe so. I base that on the fact that the distinctive voice of John Gibson, a.k.a. Ethel Burt from Casey Crime Photographer, appears in... Uh, one of the episodes. It's an interesting series and reflects another time 
even compared to other old-time radio programs. Police headquarters cops are rough, though not brutal. They play fast and loose with some requirements that would get cases thrown out of courts today, and also showed a lot less sensitivity than you'd typically expect in a 1940s or 50s old-time radio program. It also has to be said that there's not one single protagonist, as is usually the case with programs we feature. Nevertheless, I think it offers some interesting cases as well as serving as one of the earliest surviving examples of police programs on the air. So we're going to present these two episodes, episode 18 and episode 20. At the time, episode 19 was missing, although that later showed up and we did that one in another episode. Title of the two episodes are KO'd and Infiltrating the Mob. One of these keys. Oh, never mind. I got it. This is Captain Snyder. Hey, what's up? Yeah, all right. Put him on. Captain Roberts wants to talk to me. Mm, probably a homicide. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I'm off in ten minutes. Why? Sure. Sure, I would. At the garden, huh? You betcha. Be there in ten minutes, Sam. What is it, Captain? A murder? No, Captain Roberts has two passes to the Miller-McCoy fight tonight, and he wants me to go with him. Step on it, boy. Yes, sir. Thanks, Mike. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. Don't bother. I hear it myself tonight on the radio. Bye, Captain. Good night. There you are, you old fossil. Hello, Sam. <laughs> Nice of you to give me a call. Oh, forget it. I chiseled two tickets out of Manny Morris, McCoy's manager, and any time you can get anything out of that tight bozo, I say do it. Well, maybe Manny wants you to see his fighter in action. Maybe so. Come on, let's get going. Hey, how are the odds on this crap? Plenty top-heavy. Five to one on McCoy. Mm. How's the smart money going? You mean the ring? Yeah. I saw Flash Curran tonight, and he was back in Kit Miller. Well, that don't sound right. Curran usually stays on the top side. Now, how do you know he ain't? Oh, you mean... I'm not saying anything, but if uh, Curran can take the suckers who are clamoring McCoy to the tune of five to one, he'll do it and not be choosy about his methods. Yeah, but McCoy's at the top of his career. He'll take the kid like Grant took Richmond. Yeah, unless... 
Oh, here we are. Right through here. Hi, Ed. Hello, Captain. And what were you saying about McCoy? I was saying that it's the... Oh. Oh, it's the main event. Come on. Wow, look at that McCoy clock. Mm. Oh, he's certainly pouring the leather to the kid. Wow. Take a look at that one. Mm. Hey, has that McCoy got a sweet left? Hey, there, see it, see it. Miller won't last four rounds. No, sir, that guy is like dynamite. Death round. Hey, what's the matter with McCoy? You see him toss Morse out of his corner at the bell ring? Yeah, something screwy there. McCoy's been winning all the way, and uh, look at the scowl on Mort's face. Yeah, and pipe the look on Flash Curran's mug. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look exactly happy. Mm, not with all the dough he has on Kid Miller. Boy, look at McCoy go. Hey, something funny here, Joe. What do you mean? Well, this fight is... Hey, the kid's down. Three, four. He's out like a light. Seven, eight. All over, Joe. Man, McCoy wins. Boy, was that a fight. Come on, let's get out of here. Well, that was a fight. Wait till I tell the missus about this. Come on, let's step for the side door. Now, that's why I say there was something phony going on. The odds were all on McCoy. Everybody was picking McCoy, but Flash Curran and his mob were backing Miller. That doesn't sound right to me. Oh, it don't sound right. And neither Manny Moore or the others behind McCoy's corner were looking as happy as they should have been. Hey, do you think that... Calling Captain Roberts in car 42. Captain Roberts in car 42. Hmm. Ambulance follow-up to the garden back in the training quarters. That's all. I don't think anything. I know. Cut around the corner here to the dressing room. Sometimes my guess there's a little show going on back there, and we don't want to miss it. Yeah, these are the dressing rooms. Yeah, let's get going. This is the door. Oh, the door's locked. Now bang on it. Somebody's pulling the bolt on the inside. Yeah. Now, we're officers. Uh, what's wrong here? Dead man back there. Who is it? Slugger McCoy. Hmm. Come on, Joe. There's a crowd up ahead there. Yeah. All right, let us through. Let us through here, will you? Oh, I guess this is the door, Joe. Hello, Manny. What's wrong? Well, the slugger's dead, Captain. Yeah? What killed him? Oh, I don't know, but the doctor's in there now. Come on, Joe, and shut the door so that herd of yokels won't come climbing in. Now, where is he? Back in the shower. Either way. Here, here, this is the doc here. Uh, I'm Captain Roberts. I'm uh, Dr. Kent. I was just leaving the fight when they called for a doctor. I came right back. I see. What's the dope? McCoy's dead. What killed him? Don't know. Looks like a case of heart attack. Heart attack, my eye. McCoy's heart was as strong as a bull's. Did you move the body? I turned it over to listen to the heart. How was he laying? Mm-hmm. He was slumped down in the shower. His body was lying mostly inside the shower. His head and one arm were outside. Any marks on the body? None other than the ones he received in the fight. I think you'll find it a case of heart trouble, Captain. It's not out of reason in cases like this where a great amount of physical energy is used. Mm, I know that, Doc. I know also that there's a possibility that McCoy was bumped off. Who found him, Manny? The colored rubber. Bring him in. Oh, he don't know nothing about it, Captain. Besides, he's too scared to talk. I said bring him in. Okay. Help me get this uh, body up on this rubbing table, Joe. You might give us a hand too, Doctor. Yeah, surely. Yeah. There. Mm, no marks. Any evidence of poison, Doctor? No visual signs. Of course, the autopsy mm, might... Hey. This is funny. Where in the Sam hell is that colored boy? Oh, here he is. I'll tell you, Mr. Captain, I don't know nothing. Uh, what's your name, boy? George. Uh, what do you know about this, George? I don't know nothing, Mr. Captain, sir. 
What happened after the fight? Well, I don't know, sir. The, the slugger, he was mad, and he pushed his way through the crowd and come in here. I followed him in, and he started undressing. Then he turned around and told me to get Mr. Manny, his manager, sir. What did you do? Well, I went to look for Mr. Manny, and I found him up front talking to the gentleman from the garden. So I told him the slugger wanted to see him, and then I come back. And found McCoy dead, huh? Yeah, sir. Okay, wait outside. Yeah, sir. Uh, what did McCoy want to see you about, Manny? I don't know. Mm-hmm. What were you doing up front talking to some guys when your man had just won his biggest fight? I think that comes under the heading of my business, Captain. Well, maybe it does and maybe it don't. Maybe it comes under the heading of our business. Who were you talking to? Flash Curran. Oh, he were, huh? Flash Curran was back in Kid Miller. How come you were talking to him? Uh, I was collecting a bet. Bet on McCoy? <laughs> Would that be surprised you used to bet against me on fighter? Oh, no, no. I just thought that... Well, the... think again. Flash current page you? Yeah. Yeah. Go through his pockets, Joe. Say, you can't do this. This is one time we're doing it just the same. Hand me his wallet, Joe. Here you are. Hmm. Twenty bucks. I thought you said uh, current page you. Well, it was just a piker bet. Only twenty bucks. <laughs> All right, here's your wallet. Wait in the next room. Say, listen here, Captain. I said wait in the next room. Oh, boy, just like you think, Captain, but you got me all wrong. Shut the door on him, Joe. Right. Doctor, there's a red-headed guy up front named Kern, Flash Kern. Uh, See if you can find him for us, will you? If you do, tell him to step back here. All right, Captain Roberts. Hey, what's the idea, Sam? This guy died of heart failure. Doctor said so. Mm, I'm no doctor, but I say he didn't. Look in his right hand here. Yeah, what does that look like? It looks like a burn. It is a burn. In the palm of his right hand. Where'd you get it? In the shower. The hot water pipe, huh? Uh, either the hot or the cold. I don't know which. Hey, you're up to something. Mm-hmm. Now, look around the place here. There ought to be a set of steps leading down under this room. I have a hunch that we'll find something very interesting under here. was done? Close the door to the stairway. I don't want our man to know we've been down there. You sure had it figured out. I don't see how you're going to pin it on him. Oh, that'll be easy. The doctor back yet? You don't see him around anywhere. What I can't figure out is how you tumbled to this in the first place. Well, I knew something was wrong when I saw the fight tonight. From all appearances, I knew that McCoy was all set for a dive. That was the only way Curran and his mob would clean up in a fight. But something happened. What? Well, I don't know yet, but I'll bet it was over McCoy's gal. The dope had it yesterday that she'd uh, given McCoy the air and had moved over to the Miller camp. Anyhow, McCoy went in there tonight not to take his dive, but to win. And Morris was betting against him and mm. kept after him to go down. Mm. That's why he threw Morris out of his corner. Hey, that's why Flash Curran. Curran is right outside. Oh, good. Now, uh, Doctor, we're pulling a little experiment, and uh, I'd like to have you stick around in case anything goes wrong. All right, Captain. You may think we've gone nutty or something, but uh, we're asking three men to take a shower bath while we watch them. Well, I suppose you know what you're doing. You're darn right we do. Call that colored boy in, Joe. All right. I want you to watch these boys closely and see what happens, Doctor. Uh, here he is, Sam. Uh, Mr. Captain, 
Uh, now get your clothes off, George. You're going to take a shower. The captain, sir, has you all gone crazy? No, Stalin. Get your clothes off. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, get Manny Morris ready in the next room, Joe. He's next. Okay. All right, George. Walk under that shower and turn it on. All right, Mr. Gavin, but I don't know why. All right, George, all right. Forget it. Get your clothes on and go into the next room. You old show am a crazy man, Captain. Tell me to... Get your clothes on and get in the next room. Tell Captain Snyder that I'm ready for Morris. Yeah. Well, our first shot was a dud, Doctor, but we have two more bathers, Manny Morris and Curran. Yeah, I think I see what... Well, you got a lot of noise. What screwy idea you up to now? If you think for a minute... Shut up, Manny. Separate... Shut up. Get under that shower. I won't do it. I got some right. So are we. Put him under there, Joe. Yeah, come on, come on. Get under that shower. There. Now, uh, put his hand up on that shower valve. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't, 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 uh, don't. So you're the one, you shriveled up shrimp. You killed your own fighter over a measly frame-up that didn't work. That's a lie! Don't I didn't... tell me that. You killed McCoy tonight because he refused to take a dive in the Miller fight. You were betting with Flash Curran in the gamble ring. You had it all figured out that if McCoy didn't dive tonight, you'd kill him and collect his insurance. We've got you dead to rights, Manny. Take him out, Joe. No, May I ask a question? Oh, sure, Doctor. Shoot. What does the shower have to do with it? Everything. That new zinc drain on the floor of the shower was McCoy's death nail. Morris knew it, and that's why he didn't dare go into the shower. You mean? That... I mean that Morris had connected the power wires that feed this building to the metal base of the shower and the shower valve. After the fight, he went below and threw the switch. McCoy was electrocuted. <laughs> Police headquarters calling cars 23, 28, and 30. Cars 23, 28, and 30. A stick-up at the Nordson Jewelry Company, 250 Main Street. Step on it, boys. That's all. What's going on in here? Mr. Norton's back there, sir. He's been hurt. Come on, Ed. Better get some water. He's had a nasty crack on the head. Here, come around. Tell us what happened. Hey, hey, wake up. What happened here? Try the water on him. Okay. And that ought to get him out of it. Yeah, better put in a call for an ambulance, though. Hey, uh, hey, come out of it. Uh, oh. We're officers. What happened? Stop him. Stop them. Don't let them get away. Come on. Come on. Who hit you? The diamonds. They took the diamonds. Who took them? Come on. Sit up here and try to talk to us. There were four of them. They cleaned me out. Everything I had. What these men look like? Oh. oh. I, I don't know. Oh, my head hurts. Uh, what's going on here, Ryan? Stick up, sir. I'm just trying to get this fellow to tell us what happened. He's been banged up pretty badly. Did you call an ambulance? Perry did. I've been trying to get a description from this fellow. Now, let me talk to him. I'm Lieutenant Macklin. I'm Mr. Norton. I see. Now, take it easy, Mr. Norton, and tell me in your own words just what happened. Well, I... I was just getting ready to close up. I'd already put most of my best stones in the safe, but I heard the door. Oh, baby. 
What can I do for you, sir? I want to buy a ring. Surely. What kind of a ring, sir? Diamond ring. Oh, yes. Did you uh, have something special in mind? I want a ring that'll knock a rye out. Something with life to it. You know, something classy. About a carrot and a half? No, none of that cheap stuff for me. Hey, listen, brother. I spent four years in South America, and tonight I'm proposing to the greatest gal in the world. Money's no object. Come on, give me something about five or six carrots. But I, I've already put them in the safe. Uh, maybe I could... All right. You want to make a sale, don't you? Well, maybe you think I'm bluffing. Yeah. Take a look at this. There's five grand in that roll, and it's yours if you can give me what I want. Well, I, uh, uh that is, uh, surely, just a minute. Yeah, these are my best rings. Uh-huh. Maybe, uh, something like this. Nah, pop bottles look better than that. You know, here, something like this one, only bigger. Wait a minute. I have just the ring for you. It's in the safe. Uh, there you are. Six carats. Perfect blue-white. The finest stone that money can buy. Beautiful setting, too. Platinum. Now, that's more like it. Mm-hmm. Classy, eh? One of the finest. You can't go wrong buying a diamond like that one. And this one suits me. You'll take it? Yeah, and all the rest of them. Up high, fellow. This is a stick-up. Boy, I... Shut up, brother. Come on in, boys. The guy's alone here, as far as I know. Come on, Spike. Come yeah. on, Tony. Help! Police! Police! Holy smoke. I better crack this skull. Come on, make it fast, boys. We're going to get out of here. can remember about them? Yes. Had you ever seen that young man before? No, never before. I see. About how many stones were there in the bunch? More than 200. The safe was open and they cleaned it out completely. I'm ruined, Lieutenant. I'm a ruined man. How about insurance? Only partly covered. I won't be able to stand the loss. Well, now, don't take it so hard. They'll probably melt the metal stuff, but if we can get to them before they have the stones recut, we stand a chance of getting your stuff back. Now, the ambulance is outside, sir. They're just pulling up. Okay. Now, you uh, go along with them, Mr. Norton. The doc down at the headquarters will fix you up. And before you leave there, I want you to give a complete description of the stones to the boys of the detective bureau. Uh, come with me, Peters. We'll have to work fast on this one. Now, uh, you understand everything, don't you, Peters? Yeah. And it's supposed to be Spud Morgan, just out of the big house. Got sent up on a charge of receiving stolen poverty. I just got out, and I'm looking for an up-and-coming gang to tie up with. Right. Now, you make the rounds of all the joints and be a heavy spender. You'll buy drinks right and left. You'll be on a big spree because you just acted as middleman in a big hall. Middleman? Yeah. Contact man between a gang of crooks and a fence who bought the stuff. You made 20% on the deal just putting the crooks hep to the fence. I got you. And you think if I can uh, come in contact with a mob who lifted Norton's diamonds that they might ask me to give them an introduction to the fence, huh? Yeah. Now hurry before the store closes and get yourself an outfit. Loud suit, flashy tie, and an imitation sparkler. Oh. Take this hundred bucks. Came from the insurance company. I'll spend heavy and talk loud. Uh, gee, Lieutenant, this is going to be a stink. <laughs> Huh? 
met the guy at the bar. Yeah, I saw him over Joe's place. Joe said he was just out of the big house on a spending spree. Must have sold some stuff away before they sent him up. Yeah, Joe told me that the guy told him on the QT that he had just got rid of a lot of hot stuff. Who's his friend? I don't know. He wouldn't let that out. Say, do you think he... Not around here. Yeah, but we might find out. Come on. No, I was telling him yeah, you're a big step with that mug scare you in. Right down the warden walks in on us. <laughs> it was a good one, wasn't it, bartender? Here, set him up again. Hello, pal. Having a big time? Huh? Oh, who asked you? Oh, no, I don't get poppy, pal. I'm a friend of Joe's over on the other street. He was telling me about you. Yeah, what did he tell you? Oh, didn't say much, except that you was a square shooter and a pretty good fella. Have a drink? Nothing doing. You gotta have one on me. Hey, uh, bartender, two more. Uh, this is Jerry. Uh, how you, Jerry? Well, here's luck. Yeah, kind of celebrate, nature. Yeah, sure, why not? After spending two years in, in northern Canada, a fella's got to celebrate. Well, boys, so long. I gotta be going Wait home. a minute. You ain't been in Canada, fella. Joe told us all about it. Why that? Oh, it's all right with us, pal. I did a time myself. Yeah? Where? Surely. Yeah? You must be on the level. You know something, Matthew? You know him? We were cellmates. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got a minute, pal? I know. What do you want? Oh, nothing much. Jerry and I'd like to talk to you. What about? You want to make some easy dough? Uh, Nick, I'm off that stuff. I'm in the easy money now, and I ain't taking no chance. Well, that's what we want to see you about. Come on over here, away from this mob for a minute, will you? All right. Well, uh, spill the salt. I'm always spilling salt. Wait a minute, I gotta throw some of them out. Sure. Oh, here, stick it in your pocket and come on. Uh, come on, Jerry. We'll use Nick's private room in the back. Well, here we are. I'm talking private here. Yeah, but I ain't got nothing to do with you, Muggs. I'm out of this racket, I tell you. And now listen, Spud. Joe tells me that you're in touch with a fence who gives you a square deal. Uh, say, who are you, a couple of dicks? Nah. Listen, and I'll cut you in on something big. <laughs> Anything you young punks would cut me in, I wouldn't keep me in cigars. Oh, yeah? Well, listen, pal. What did you say if I told you we was the guys who got off with that jewelry job store on Main Street? Ah, uh, you're drunk. That's the truth, pal. Me and Jerry and a couple other guys got away with the whole couple. And what's more, there's not a dick and ton wise to us. Yeah, that's what you think. Nothing doing. I ain't trying to peddle no ice. Oh, but it's no risk. And listen, you don't need to even get around this stuff. Just put us in touch with the fence who buys your stuff, and we'll give you half a grand. A half a grand? Hey, <laughs> you think I'm crazy? If you pinch that swag, you got away with a hundred thousand bucks worth of ice, and you offer me a lousy half grand. Nothing doing. A grand? Nothing doing. If you really got the stuff, my price is ten percent of whatever the fence gives you. Well, I'll have to take it up with the rest of the boys. Will you do it if they say okay? I ain't saying. Where are they? Uh, the garden, the rock. We got a room upstairs. What you say? I don't know. I'd have, uh, I'd have to call my... Yeah. yeah, you would like to know who he is, wouldn't you? Then you'd cut me out. Here's a phone. Call him and see what he says. Say, are you mugs on the square? Say, ain't we offering you 10%? All right, all right. Hand me that phone. I understand it's up to him. If he says the deal is too hot, count me out. Go ahead. Call him. Okay, but if you guys are making a sap out of me, I'll break your head. Yeah. Uh, he probably ain't in. Oh, hello, Sammy. Spud. Don't kid me, you big poor Your name's Sammy and you know it. Yeah, listen. Hey, listen, don't hang up on me. That's better. Now listen, you wall-eyed galoot. How you set on ice? 
No, nothing cheap. It's a real good, so they tell me. And you don't want it. Okay. Oh, say, tell them it's and they're pretty anxious forward. to get the stuff off the hand, Sammy. Okay, just a minute. Sammy wants me to look it over. Where is it, upstairs? Yeah. It's upstairs. I'll uh, take a look at it and call you back. Yeah. yeah. Where am I? <laughs> well, you old bald-headed fool, it ain't none of your business, but I'm at Kelly's Tavern. Yeah, I'll call you back. Uh, he ain't any too interested in this stuff. Says it's too hot right now, but I'll look at it. Come on. This is it. Hey, put him up. Oh, cut it out. Put up the hardware, boys. What's that big idea throwing a rod on me? Hey, who's this? Oh, easy, Fred, easy. The kid and I found this guy downstairs. He's Fred Morgan. He's got a fence on his string who might buy our rock. Yeah, put your gun down before I slap your face. I ain't used to having rods slapped on me. Oh, oh, easy, easy. Fred, easy, easy, boy. We've been drinking. He don't mean nothing by it. Come on, boys, I'll let the ice. Okay, boy. Yeah. All right, spread him up here on the table where I can see him. Yeah, here you go. Wow, you punks did make a haul, didn't you? What's the stuff worth? Well, I don't know. Some pretty good rocks here and some not so hot. You think you'll buy it? Maybe yes, maybe no. This stuff's pretty hot right now. Oh, you crazy spud. There ain't a cop within a mile of this stuff. We say, who's there? Well, that's what you think. Up high, boys. You're under arrest. Get that man. Well, if I didn't get him, that jump to the plate for dead. The jig's up, boys. Come on. Come on here. Toss your guns out on the floor. Nice work, Peters. <laughs> Thought you'd never get here, Lieutenant. Well, I had a little trouble getting in downstairs without any excitement. And we'd never been able to find the room if it hadn't been for the trail of salt you spilled down the hall. I'm glad you caught on to what I was trying to tell you over the phone. It's been too bad for me. These mugs are all bad ones. Uh, I thought it was the wrong number at first until I recognized your voice. Well, it was a good job. And I'm sorry that I'm going to have to suspend you for a week, Peters. Suspend me for what? Uh, for the names you called me over the phone to attract my attention. <laughs> you can't talk to your superior officer that way, Peters. Welcome back. 
For the first episode KO'd, I really am somewhat dubious about the murder scheme. Maybe if they establish the fight manager as some sort of electrical expert, I could buy it. But the idea that a fight manager would be able to rig up this sort of contingent uh, scheme involving electricity seems far-fetched to say the least. If you're not really an expert in electricity, trying to set this sort of thing up as a contingent murder scheme, he's not sure he's going to want to murder his boxer or not, risk getting either your boxer or yourself accidentally killed. In infiltrating the mob, I think the officer who was undercover had fun talking to the lieutenant that way. In fact, I think he'd be happy to take the unjust suspension just for the pleasure of talking to his lieutenant that way. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Police Headquarters. If you want to hear more, it is available on our Volume 2 feed at volume2.greatdetectives.net. It is also a separate archive feed where you can just listen to all the Police Headquarters episodes. And this episode will replace one that's uh, missing commentary, so now it'll have that. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Tommy, Patreon supporter since August of 2022, currently supporting the podcast at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Tommy. And that will do it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. We'll be back next Sunday with a very different listener support special. Join us back here tomorrow for The Falcon, where... Well, Juliano swore to get even, but Dad died before he could. So Juliano transferred his uh, affections to you. Yes. Well, what would you like me to do about it? Well, what would you suggest? Oh, there are several possibilities. We could make out a complaint to the DA's office. Oh, no, I I don't want to do that. I don't want any publicity. I see. Uh, Do you know where this Juliano is staying? I think it's at the Carlton Hotel. Why? Suppose I go up there and have a talk with him. Oh, no. Please don't do that. You don't seem to like any of my ideas. What's wrong with this one? Well, I don't see where it'll accomplish anything. Juliano will probably deny knowing me. Look, Miss Lowry, if we're both going to worry about this, you're throwing your money away. I suppose you'll leave Mr. Juliano to me and let me earn my fee. Hmm? I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.